Do you have a student that's had behavioral problems and needs help getting back on track? Cobb's Alternative Education Program is the topic on our minds in this edition of the Inside Scoop. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. With more than 100 podcast episodes available, most of you haven't heard each and every one, and that's okay. Maybe you only need one of the topics offered to help your student. But spread the word to a friend or post the link on your social feed. We're trying to make sure everyone at least knows these helpful resources are available for them. And as always, be sure you like, subscribe, click that notification bell so you'll be notified of new episodes as they're released each Wednesday. Sometimes students have turmoil in their lives or maybe just get bored and they lose interest in their education. Motivation becomes extremely challenging and behaviors start to go downhill fast. Students can even find themselves removed from school through long-term suspension or expulsion even. And so what then? That's where Suzanne Kane, director of the Alternative Education Program, can step in to help students cross that finish line. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. It's good to be here. So first, just get us familiar with who Suzanne Kane is. How did you get involved with, with this program and so forth? Sure. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I've been an educator for 25 years. Okay. Uh, my passion has always been in the high school and middle school levels. And I've worked at several different schools um, in the high school setting as a teacher for, I think it was about 13 years. Well, no, 14 years as a teacher, seven years as an assistant principal in various schools. And then as a director, this is my now fifth year okay. in alternative education. So, so just out of curiosity, what was your uh, teaching subject? I was an English teacher. English teacher. Yes. Okay. Well, I got to watch myself then. Um, I think you're all right. <laughs> so, can can you explain a little bit about what alternative education is? I mean that sure. that that's kind of a wide phrase, right? It is, and in Cobb County School District's particular setting, it's for students who receive either long-term suspension or an expulsion from their local school. So we provide them an opportunity to attend alternative, loca uh, alternative education mm -hmm. once they've gone through the hearing process or have um, signed a waiver through that process. Okay. And so uh, we educate our students. Um, you know, we, we're all about the Cobb way and we make sure that our students are, you know, successful academically. We make sure that they're successful out in the community. And we work really hard with our students because I think at the end of the day, sometimes they give up on themselves mm. and we need to remind them that that's, that's not the direction they need to head in. Yeah. And some of these students are experiencing situations that we don't even fathom. Uh, Correct. Most of us. And mm -hmm. uh, so we, we don't want them, obviously, to end up on the streets right. <laughs> without <Yes>. an education. <laughs> we want them out there as productive as they possibly can be. So I, I would imagine... A great deal of what you do involves counselors, right? Who, who do you have working with you in the on the, your team? So I'm very fortunate. I have a I have it's we're a small but mighty team. I always tell everyone <laughs> we're small but mighty. Um, okay. I have a data support specialist that works with us. Um, my right hand of a secretary who keeps me in line and make sure I do everything I'm supposed to be doing the right way and meeting at the right times. Mm -hmm. And then I have a counselor, um, a Cobb County School District counselor who works on my team, who really 
gets to the heart of the matter with our kids okay. and builds them skills and teaches them skills on how to be successful once they leave the alternative education setting. Okay. Um, in addition to that, we work with local school, with every counselor in the local schools, um, middle school and high school, that is. Mm -hmm. And then we work with admin as well in each of the schools. Okay. And I've heard the, the uh, phrase ombudsman. Can mm -hmm. you tell us what that's all about? Sure. Ombudsman is a third party company okay. that we work with uh, for the academic side of for our students. Mm -hmm. So they attend the Ombudsman program. It's a four hour a day program. It's there's a morning session, an afternoon session. Middle school is typically morning. High school is the afternoon. Okay. And the students come in for those four hours and work in the online platforms. And they have a special education teacher there. They have a director there at the center, a social worker and staff members that are certified teachers. And they work with the students in getting them to that next level. Okay, so you're saying there, where is there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we have three centers um, throughout the county. One is in Mableton. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one that is located in Powder Springs. And then we have one that's located in East Cobb off of Canton Road area. Okay, so, so. You're, you're kind of serving major areas of the county. Yes, yeah. Um, so we've heard of um, Cobb Horizon. Mm-hmm. How, how is your program different from Cobb Horizon? What, what's the distinction there? Sure. So for my students, again, there's an, uh, they have the opportunity or the chance to attend our program because of the removal from their school, where Cobb Horizon supports students that might be off in graduation credits okay. and trying to catch up on some credits so they can graduate either with their cohort or soon thereafter. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a podcast on Cobb Horizon in particular. So what are the challenges? What are some of the challenges that are unique in teaching these students who clearly didn't, didn't sure. thrive in the <laughs> traditional environment? Is, sure. is there a different way of teaching? I don't know if it's necessarily a different way of teaching. I think it's a different way of building relationships. Okay. Um, we all know the key to success in a classroom um, with 30, 40 students is that building relationships with each one of those students. The opportunity that we have is that it's a smaller group. Um, and so we get to really work with the students one-on-one -on -one and really find out what was the traumatic event that they are struggling with. Mm -hmm. What is that, that barrier to them being successful in education? What is it? Is it an academic need? Is it a social emotional need? Is it something that's a physical need, something that their family has a need for or want for that they can't provide? So right. we really hit all aspects. We hit the social worker aspect. Mm -hmm. We hit that um, counseling and behavior side and then we also hit that academic side and academic is always the primary goal but sometimes you have to scratch the surface in those other areas before you can even get to that academic piece sure, and that's kind of the advantage that we have yeah if, if they've got a distraction in mm -hmm. their lives you need to address that first before sure. you can move on into the academic now did I understand you that uh, to say that ombudsman is essentially managing the academic side while Correct. these uh, your other staff mm -hmm. mighty and and small <laughs> powerful staff uh, are addressing some of the the other uh needs in, in the student's life? Yes, but we also work very closely together. Um, we are collaboration through on the Ombudsman Company and through us has just been been very strong over the last several years, um, especially since I've been there, where their social workers become part of you know the team that works with our Cobb County students and the social workers from the local schools that may have already had a relationship with that family. So there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of uh, 
it's a big family atmosphere, I guess, really, is what we want to say, is the idea that we take people on the outside and we have we leave them very little time to get on in and yeah. so and become a part of these kids lives and so on my team we you know special education department works with us um, our esol department works with us we have an esol teacher that comes out and works specifically with our kids from cobb county school district and that would be english as a second language yes okay yeah thank you <laughs> well um, you know acronyms no, That's i know what we do with the district, right? <laughs> and then we have um, cobb collaboratives a group here that provides mentors to students throughout the district and they are working with our ombudsman students as well so we just it's a it's a broad spectrum of all of us working together um, through this academic portal that the students are using through ombudsman and through their social workers and then also their directors and their staff and mm -hmm. in tandem tandem excuse me with Cobb County School District and okay. our counselors and all. And I always tell the counselors in the school and the admin, I'm like, get out there and see your kids. Go, go see them. <laughs> it does make a difference. It the does. It really does. Huge. So, uh, and I don't mean to focus on ombudsman more than is, is no, merited, but um, is the reason that we outsource that as opposed to just hiring teachers mm -hmm. is that kids coming into your program aren't always in need of the same type of uh, uh, same subject. Well, and, and I think what Ombudsman does as well is allow students to work at their own pace. So even if a student came in with four classes, mm -hmm. if they it worked easier for them to work, focus on one class at a time, that's the case. Okay. And so I think that's really the stem of all of it is being able to work at their own pace while scratching the surface of those needs that they may have. Mm -hmm. And then while having the, the certified staff of Ombudsman be able to pop in when they need to, when students have questions or when they need mini lessons and that kind of thing. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like a, a resource you can draw on that's yes. not always just standing there. Correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. Don't want to create the wrong uh, perception. Now, what is the biggest misperception for alternative education that you'd like to set straight? Sure. Um, I, I think the number one is that it's the school where the bad kids go. Um, and it's the school where, you know, they, they can't they're, you know, they're going to be destined for the streets or whatever it may yeah. be. And that's not the case. I will tell my kids when I meet with them all, I tell them constantly, listen, bad choices do not make bad kids. Yeah. And I tell them that all the time. And I said, it's the repetition of bad choices of the same bad choice <laughs> where we have issues. So let's work through that. And yeah. that's how we do it. And that's when, when I meet with every single student, when the counselor, Ms. Morrow meets with all the students, that is the, one of the very first things we say. And now we say, okay, we got that out of the way, what's next, right? And so then we go to the next level. But I really do believe that's the biggest misconception. And the nicest part about that is when you can look at families that have come through or even some of the skeptics that are out there and you can say, well, take a look, here's my stories. Yeah. And then you could have stories to say the success of students. And you have stories to say that these kids have, the walls came down, they keep moving, you know, and it's it's pretty awesome. So I'll put you on the spot. Go Tell ahead. us a story. Do you have, have a, uh, a student that comes to your mind as a particularly uh, successful endeavor? I do. I have several actually, but I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of them. One is the ever endearing middle schooler who, uh, <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. <laughs> was that in quotation 
Richard Marx. <laughs> there was the ever. I have middle schoolers, and that doesn't jive. But yep. anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's fine. But it's the ever endearing middle schooler who comes through our program one semester, two semesters, you know, three semesters, four, however you want to call it, yeah. and then they go on to high school, and we hold transition and return meetings, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But they go on to high school. Uh-huh. And I'll follow any kid that's been in our program, I follow until they graduate from high school. So oh, wow. I check on them every six to nine weeks um, at each semester just to kind of see how they're doing. Yeah. Um, and we've had kids that have had great success rates. Um, the graduating class this year is the first year when I started is, is that group. And they are, there's several kids that are going to D1 schools for athletics. And there's several kids that are going into those upper level, um, you know, like Kennesaw Mountain's honor pro or Kennesaw Mountain, Kennesaw State's honors program wow. or, you know, in different schools like that. And, and I keep tabs on them and I call the counselors and say, hey, what's this kid doing or how are we doing here or whatever yeah. else. And there's a lot Lot of success stories to see from middle schooler perspective all the way up yeah high school we've had kids that have really struggled i mean the you know the police were involved or whatever it may have been and they overcame that and they've graduated from high school and they too have gone on to college or into the workforce or into the military yeah. and they've just the success there is the most powerful piece mm. but i don't want to um, leave out any of the successes as well of maybe they haven't gotten to that point yet, Yeah. but they're better today than they were yesterday. Yeah. And there's a lot of those success stories as well of kids who understand, we call them triggers, kids that know what their triggers are now. So mm-hmm. they don't go what we call zero to 60 when they, at their anger levels or their, you know, excitement levels, they know now like, Oh, this is coming. This is feeling. And I think that's a huge success as well. Yeah. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize as children experience trauma mm-hmm. in their lives, particularly in the early years, yeah. there are physiological things, uh, biochemical things mm-hmm. that actually affect how fast they go from zero to 60 as you correct. So helping to regulate that or identify how to regulate mm-hmm. that's huge. That's yeah. huge. That, that sets them up for success. So how do you measure success? I mean, you've got the anecdotes to, to back up your mm-hmm. assertion that it's a good program, but are there metrics that you guys turn to and say, oh, we, we measure this and we found XYZ success rate? Right. So a lot of times you look at the students that return rate, right? The students that have gone back Mm -hmm. to their local schools, then come back to ombudsman Mm -hmm. or come back to alternative ed. And that used to be for me, one of my big indicators, like, let me see what success looks like based on that. Mm -hmm. This is what I've learned. I'll base it on my 25 years of education as well is each child's success is different than the child next to them. Um, Mm -hmm. So what it looks like and feels like what our success is, can we get you to the point where you can go back to your local school, finish out and do what you need to do without the repetition of that behavior? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now another one might pop up, but at yeah. least that behavior we can go through. And I think that's the individual success. But ultimately it's, can we get you through the graduation process? Can we get you through the post-secondary process? And what does that map roadmap look like for you? But as far as a an actual number of success and all that, I think when you're looking at a whole child, mm-hmm. it's a little different for you. It's not just a number that gets attached to them. I really think it's the how we how we scratch the surface on each level that we were talking about. Yeah, because success in some cases is getting into not just college, but the highest college in the country, highest right. university, or in some cases, success is 
being a really good, you know, diesel truck mechanic, yep. making six figures uh, a year. More than I'll ever say. Uh, yeah, well, a whole different podcast. Yep. Um, so how, how do you guys relate to the families? You kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, the families are a huge part of mm -hmm. the behavioral side of every student. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys work with the family to get that student back on the, the behavioral track? Sure. So I think a lot of times we'll have individual meetings with families mm -hmm. um, just to kind of find out what their needs and kids, kids are the most honest creatures around and they'll tell you what's going on with their family and what they think the needs are. And so the social workers will reach out to that. Uh, my counsel will reach out for some of the, the options that they might need that are outside of the local schools um, realm. Mm -hmm. And so, and she provides them that information. The other side of it is when we call, we, a lot of times we're holding academic meetings of, you know, our child, your child's doing well behaviorally. We've got that now, but now academically, this is where we need to do. And we just kind of try to incorporate them into yeah. that. The, the biggest piece that we've had though, is when we move on from when their time is finished at ombudsman or an alternative ed, mm -hmm. and they would go back to the local school, okay. we hold those transition and return meetings. And the key to that is not necessarily for the parents to have a voice, but for the student to have a voice. And so we go into this meeting where we have the local school admin, local school counselors, um, student support administrators if necessary. The parents are invited. The student obviously is there. Myself or somebody from my team, we're all sitting together with information and ombudsman's team. Their social workers usually come out. Mm -hmm. and we have all the information in front of us. But we've spoken with the child and said, hey, what is it that you need? What is it? How do you see yourself change? How do you feel that you are, you know, in capable hands now moving forward or whatever it may be? And I'll tell you what, those meetings have been absolutely powerful. Um, yeah. It's sometimes the requests kids have, the local schools can do it very easily. Sometimes they're a little harder, but that's where I'll come in and visit them at the schools. Or if I go in and say, all right, if that didn't work, let's try this or whatever it may be. Yeah. And the kids literally go through the process and say, this is where I was. And we don't focus on that for very long. This is where I am now emotionally, like my headspace and all I would say, what's your head, heart and soul? Where are you? And then this is what my plan is. And they have to give a plan and a goal. And then from there, they also have the idea of, okay, and these are the supports that I feel I need. And they do a lot of those I statements, which is pretty impressive yeah. because I don't know if you've talked to many students, but it's very hard to get your little introverts or your kids that feel defeated to have those I statements. Yeah. And these kids are doing it, and it's it's pretty awesome. And I mean, kids have asked for things from because we don't tell them what to ask for. It's like whatever you think. Kids have asked for a new backpack with supplies in it to have a new beginning. That's something that really? they'll ask for. Wow. All the way to can I get a check in, a thumbs up, thumbs down? And I'm like, so explain that. And they're like, well, a counselor or somebody that I trust walks by the classroom and just kind of catches my eye. Thumbs up, thumbs down. If it's yeah. thumbs up, great. If it's thumbs down, come on, let's go have a conversation. Yeah, because they can so. feel that maybe the regulations get a little out of hand. Exactly. And something welling up inside of them. Mm -hmm. That's really cool that you give them the opportunity to to kind of own yes. their situation, right? <laughs> Isn't that and half the battle? Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the key things, too. I always tell them, I said, we got to own our behaviors and what we do. Yeah. We have to own what we say. We have to own how we work in the society. And so it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, they, like I said, for five years now doing this piece of it, 
every year, every semester, every day, another student impresses me. I mean, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, this is a radical departure from, <laughs> from what I think a lot of people perceive it as. Mm -hmm. And out just the hard reality is a lot of people perceive it as, I don't know, white cinder block uh, room with some right. disconnected uh, teacher standing at the front yelling at the kids all day. Yeah. That's where the bad kids go. And that's not at all what this is about. No, we work really hard to, to yeah. keep those relationships up and running. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you for sharing. So, you're I, welcome. I really appreciate you doing that. And folks, I, I hope you found something in the podcast that's been helpful to you. Um, if you find that your student has lost interest in their education, please be sure to check out the show notes. We're going to place the links for a lot of resources in there that might help get them back on track. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and click that bell. Then make sure you tell a friend. They'll appreciate you for it. As always, thank you for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.